everyone, welcome into the PFI College Football Show on the Pro Football Ireland Network. Michael McQuaid, delighted to be joined by Dark Harder, Colin Diggin, and Michael Lavery ahead of the NFL Draft, which is on April the 27th, 2023, only a few weeks away in Kansas City. Kansas City just get everything at the moment, don't they? I mean, they've got the draft in a few weeks, hoping to be there. If anybody wants to join us, get the flight from Dublin to Chicago and Chicago to Kansas City on the Wednesday. Let's see if we can get everybody there. Genuinely, lads, I'm going to try to go. Is anybody up for going to the draft? Don't cut me in. Don't cut me out. I might be asleep. Is... I know, yeah. Don't be asleep. Don't be asleep. Um, when does the student loan come in, Dara? I mean, like, it, it, this can be a conversation. That's, that's, that's what it's hinging on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, I, lads, I actually priced it, and it's like, it's like a grant. So we'll see. It's probably not going to happen, but we'll see. Next we'll year, see. we'll do it. We'll do it. Anywho, today we're going to look at running backs. And by God, lads, if there's one lad to start on here, it <laughs> the John Robinson uh, with Texas, lads, is a complete beast. And I don't know how to sum up, sum up in any other way to the point there where he is literally built for the NFL. He's not just the best running back in the draft. He's one of the best players in the draft. And his athleticism is scary. Tell me where he's going to go. How high is he going to be picked in this draft? Because you could literally see him going in straight up carrying teams. Like imagine him sitting with Austin Eckler in, in, in LA. Incredible to even think about it. Yeah, I mean, how high he's going to go is the ultimate question. You know, we've seen, uh, listen, he's the best prospect we've seen since Saquon Barkley and Saquon went second overall. And dare I say that Saquon going second is what's really hurting Fijan Robinson's draft stock at the minute. It's, I can't imagine taking a running back that high again. And um, what we're left with now is a player who has got virtually no flaws whatsoever. Every part of his game is complete. Complete. He's a great receiver, great blocker, obviously the best runner in the class, pure runner. And you're asking yourself, I assume he's going to make it in the first round, but how high? I can't see him making it inside the top 10. Not right now. Uh, just given the the value of the running back position, how many you can find late on and how many successful running backs have been drafted on day three throughout the last five or ten years. And that's that's the main thing that's hurting his draft stock at, at the moment. See, Colin, that's a really fair point, like Dara, and, and I completely agree with him. And we've seen over the last few weeks, you know, looking at the situation in New York where they tag Saquon, and the whole running back position is is really interesting in the NFL because when you've got certain players that can get a long-term deal, for example, quarterbacks can get silly money, defensive players can get silly money, help wide receivers can get silly money. The longevity of a running back in a league can be difficult in terms of their, in terms of their service of a team. Like, I mean, looking at even with Denver right now, we, we like, they don't know how serious Javante Williams injury is. I look at a talent like Robinson, and I think you have to, if you're sitting in the top 15 and you need that offensive set, you have to go after this guy because you're going to have four to five years of that rookie deal. You've got a serious window opening up there. And this is the guy that could completely transform an offense. And you, you look at a team like Denver, you look at a team like the Chargers in the AFC West, and you look at multiple teams in the NFC that need that extra um, injection in, into their offense and this guy's explosive like he's an all-american six foot 220 pounds and he can run for days it seems like a home run option for some teams i think it definitely would be a home run option i mean i had down you know top 10 pick if it weren't for his position because you know like as we talked about the longevity of a running back 
you just don't know what it is. I mean, you know, you see it with Ezekiel Elliott, where the first two or three years of his career, he was top five running back in the NFL. And we look at him now and we look at his contract and we're like, this just get rid of him and keep Tony Pollard. Like that's, that's the situation we're in right now. And I, you know, you're saying top 10 and uh, really the only teams who could take him in the top 10 are probably the Detroit Lions, but I think they like what they have already. And then maybe if the Eagles wanted to, you know, take a big swing and just bolster the best running game in the NFL with the best running prospect of the last five years, they could definitely do that. They'd be a team I'd look at. But I mean, Bijan Robinson, like you talk to people who watch Texas every single week and they gush over this guy and they've been gushing over him for the last three years when they've since they've had him. Are, do you have any concerns about Robinson, Michael? Or is there anything that stands out to you that makes you, makes you think that he may not be as high as everyone thinks so? Or, or, or how excited are you about this pick? I wouldn't necessarily say concerns. I think the lads have addressed it well there and said that the running back position is just so unpredictable. I mean, you could find somebody in, in the back end of the fifth round that you know was on the lead a team in Russian for a couple of years. It's just the way the draft is. It's just the way... The position is uh, a team I would love to see picking in the first round, or at least I would love to see Robinson end up at what have been the Miami Dolphins. I just think with the craziness of Mike McDaniels, with a weapon like that, alongside whoever's going to be in the backfield for the Dolphins this year, if it's to, if the you know, if he's fit enough, um, I just think that would have been a sensational fit. Um, and that's just me being hypothetical, sort of wanting to see something a bit crazy, but he's he's just an insane talent. And wherever he ends up, he's going to instantly improve the team. Looking at the second guy, we're going to look at Jamar Gibbs. Um, Dara, like, you want as much um, production out of a running back as possible. And, and we, we look at different guys in the league, wide receivers like Debo, for example, that can play both positions and offer as much like, in, in, a, in a hybrid sense as possible. Jamar Gibbs, who played with Georgia Tech and then obviously played with Alabama, really has shown an awful lot in his college time and has really developed into a, a serious talent in this draft. It's it's interesting because he is explosive, but you would you would be a little bit concerned in terms of his size on can he handle the first down, second down, third down situations and how much could he be used? But he's got serious prospect and for a team in the draft, wherever you're looking at maybe towards, I guess, the the middle to the end of the first round or potentially on the second day, they could they could get great value in someone like Gibbs. Yeah, I was a massive fan of him dating back to his days at Georgia Tech. Uh, I was obviously very excited to see him go to a, a big school like Alabama. Um, I feel like he didn't really meet, meet the expectations. Obviously, there were lofty expectations for him at Alabama. I feel like he didn't fully live up to them. Um, you mentioned the size is really his biggest knock entering the NFL. You don't see running backs get much esteemed success with his his frame. He's a really skinny frame. He's built more like a wide receiver, uh, which is, you know, that, that's another element of his game. He's a terrific receiver. I think you'll see whatever team draft him, end up lining him up in the slot sometimes and really maximizing him out of the backfield as a, as a third down weapon. But um, as, as a pure runner, he's not going to be, you know, he's not going to be your... Uh, Derek Henry, like 25 carries a game kind of player. I just don't think he has the frame to carry that for a, a full career or however long of a lifespan running backs have these days. 
now touted Connell as a RB2 in the draft after the combine, a 4.36 40 yard dash. Really impressed in Indianapolis. Do you read too much into that or do you just mainly look at his tape over the last few years? I like I think I think for any player, you do have to look somewhat into draft numbers. I mean, like, you know, if you thought a guy was really fast, he ends up being really slow. Like that's something to take into account and vice versa, obviously. But I think I think with him, you know, he's he's small, he's he's kind of skinny, I guess relatively speaking, obviously. Uh, but I think, you know, some team gonna like him a lot. And but he, he does project more as an RB2 type of guy who, you know, third down back, you know, I think I the 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 best way I could put it is early career Austin Eckler really when it was him and Melvin Gordon in uh with the Chargers, you know, he Austin Eckler was the third down back and then, you know, Melvin Gordon was more of the, you know, first and second down guy. So I, that was kind of the best comparison I could find for him to be honest, but I I do like him. I think his speed is is very useful. You know, when if he gets into open field, he's going to juke you out your socks, really. And that's that's something that I think a lot of NFL teams will like a lot. Michael, just going on what Darren Cunnell has said, like, you know, you look at guys that have come from Alabama, you've had Josh Jacobs, Derek Henry, and a guy called Najee Harris. He's got a lot to live up to, but certainly, you certainly wouldn't write him off at any point, judging on his college experience and how he's performed in the combine so far. No, definitely not. And Connell touched on it there just perfectly. I think from what I've watched of him is working open field. He always seems to be, to me, it looks like he's thinking two steps ahead. He's he's great at avoiding tackles in the open field and sort of giving himself that extra bit of space whenever he needs to. Um, he just seems he, he seems to have defenses figured out whenever he's in that position. So whether that lends himself to then maybe then a bit more of a pass catching back or you know, someone that they use but more sporadically, maybe even move him into the slot the odd time. Remains to be seen. He, he, he's a great talent and I think it's one that despite his size, if used properly, um, I mean, we think of like the likes of Darren Sproles was one of the best backs Philadelphia ever had. It was tiny. Do you know what I mean? Um, so size, yes, it can be, can be an issue, but it doesn't have to be, you know, a, a deciding factor. Time will tell. We will see what happens. Uh, love it. Uh, can I just say openly right now, and this could be the TikTok reel of the whole thing, this guy is the best name in the draft. Tank Bigsby, who is a running back <laughs> for Auburn. <laughs> Jesus, lads, what a name. Like, let, let, let's just leave it at that for a start. Um, the thing that I love about Andara is he's got so much strength in his lower body that it really helps him function around the defences, but he's so tough and physical for frankly not a huge guy either you think he was massive going by his name but he finds the gaps he's so productive in college i'm really excited to see how he can really transform into not just the league but throughout the next few years because he's got great football iq and his acceleration is something that he can improve on even more and he had a hell of a combat as well yeah i mean when you say it best name in the draft he definitely lives up to it um <laughs> he, he i believe he is more you know, true or be one upside than as Connell was saying than than Jameer Gibbs. Uh, I I just like him as a more prototypical ball carrier overall. Doesn't have maybe the top end like third gear speed you see to to knock off huge touchdown runs, but definitely a threat in short yard situations. He uh, showed that 
throughout his whole career at Auburn, really, really prolific college career. That does tend to scare teams sometimes. Um, I remember back to AJ Dillon at Boston College. Teams, obviously, teams value running backs that don't have much mileage. Um, you saw Antonio Gibson, he was a wide receiver in college, and that was, you know, his lack of mileage, the the lack of tackles that he had to face over his career is actually something that appeals to NFL teams more than scares them away. So for Bigsby, you know, he's he's someone coming in with a lot of running back mileage over the years at Auburn. But I, I do think he's very capable of becoming a true a number one running back that a team can find in the mid, middle rounds of this draft. And like any running back going into the drafts, uh, he's not the finished product. And, you know, his long speed could be an issue. And I guess it's trying to take that next gap, I guess, take that next step to the next level that will judge any running back in this draft. Yeah, like I think for him, like Dara said perfectly, he he definitely has, I think, more upside than Jameer Gibbs. But he's his long-term, you know, goal is really like, you know, first couple of years, he's more than likely in a running back tandem where he's the big guy and then he's paired up with a smaller guy who does, you know, the work that he can't do and they work off each other. But, you know, he doesn't have the best hands and his top speed, as you said, isn't great. But everything else he does, like, pretty much, you know, as as good as, like, a draft prospect can do, to be honest. Like, he... He, for for a guy his size, he's like kind of sneaky athletic. Like he'll he'll break a tackle, but then he'll he'll just as well, you know, turn, get someone with a turn of pace when he needs to, and he finds the holes in the defense when he has to as well. So he's he's definitely someone who, when I'm looking into this draft, you know, not only for the name does he stand out, but I think his his size and what else he brings to your team uh, will be much more interesting. I think for a lot of people. Michael, he has said openly, he's, he, I'm not going to lie, he's quite a confident buckle. Like, he literally said he feels that he's the best running back in the draft. He says a lot of people question him and that he believes he can show everyone that they're wrong. Um, you got a lot of mock drafts looking at the Bucks, the Eagles and Washington. For a guy that's quite good at finding gaps and, and really making the most out of those sort of plays, is there a team that stands out to you that could you know really be looking at that sort of guy that might get good value in terms of their selection in the draft? I was looking at the Falcons. It was for me, they don't really have a clear number one back down there. Obviously, they've moved on from Matt Ryan last season. It's, it's Desmond Ritter. Now that Marcus Mariota is out of the question as well. Um, I just fit him in uh, into that rotation. Uh, obviously, you have Cordero Patterson down there as well, a big guy with a lot of experience. I feel like it would be a good fit for him to get some rotation, not have to be the main guy, but also where there's no clear number one, if he wants to, he can sort of grab the ball by the horns and put himself out there, you know, put his name at the top of the depth chart and say that he's going to be the number one guy for them. Um, he's, a, he's a bit of a powerhouse, like he loves a bit of contact and I think a good solid foundation for him would, would, would be a team where he doesn't have to be number one, but uh, if the opportunity is there and presents itself for him, he, he can go and get it. Looking at the next guy in this, Jacques Charbonnet, who previously with, was was with Michigan, and is now well was with UCLA. Twenty two years of age now. If you watch some of his tape in certain games for UCLA, lads like Dart, you, you would not think this lad's twenty two. The strength that he has, the way that he's able to gain extra yards, and he's a complete beast in some play situations he looks like he's 26 27 in terms of his ability and and he's very very mature for his age but more so 
he can find that power and he can find those gaps and get those extra yardages, but he can remain balanced in the play as well. So I, th- I think he's got, you know, real instinctiveness and he's got a real chance to exceed at the NFL level if he goes to the right team and gets the right opportunities. And his size is just class, as I've said. But you look at his potential like any player. And for me, out of the five that we're talking about here, I'm most excited about him outside of Robinson. I think he is, for me, the upskirts of an RB2, which may sound mad to you boys, but I, I just love watching this tape. And I think he's got serious potential. Yeah, he's the kind of player that if you haven't watched him yet, you have to go go and watch him. Perfect size, explosiveness kind of player. Uh, the 37-inch vertical at the combine. Wasn't the fastest runner. He ran a 4.56.40, which some people expected maybe something faster from him. He was always touted for you know the size-speed combination. Um, you said he doesn't look 22 on the field. He looks like a grown man. Um, he, he looked that way even at Michigan uh, back in the day so um, he's he's one of the players I would be really excited about I think any team would be really happy and excited to have him on their team especially as you say like he's the contact balance and the ability to just bounce off tacklers and, and keep on pushing forward and falling forward is, is probably his greatest asset and Connell, as Dara has said there, you know, his, his his combine speed wasn't as fast as other RBs in the in the draft process. So he does sort of lack that breakaway speed. But do you think that's a major issue or do you think he's still got a bit of a seal in it? No, because I, I think a lot of there's a lot of running backs who don't have elite top speed and then they work perfectly fine in the NFL because they're smart enough to get away from tacklers or they're smart enough to just get breakthrough tacklers like they like a guy like Zach Charbonnet definitely can do. And, you know, he's but he's he's good enough as well to where he'll know if he needs to just, you know, give up on a play and take the one yard gain. But he's good enough then where on the next play, he'll get you five yards or he'll get you 10 yards on the next play. So he like he's a smart back. I mean, he's one of the first running backs uh, freshman. He started as a freshman when he was in. Michigan and that's not something that should be taken lightly at all because I believe there's only been like eight other running backs in the entire history of Michigan to do that so you know he's been a special talent since he was 18 years old and you know I think NFL teams will will like him a lot yeah Mick in terms of what Connell said there obviously being in Michigan the one thing I'll be negative about he had a few drops in Michigan like in terms of it is noted hasn't been an issue at UCLA but I guess anyone looking at everyone like in terms of a draft prospect you're going to go through every idol of every play didn't play that much in Michigan but you're you're going to look at those drops and think hmm he's going into a situation in the NFL if he did drop one could could the confidence go and that's always going to come into play at some point yeah, it definitely is, but but it's a different base when you get to the NFL and the coaching steps up again. Uh, drops can soon be coached out of a player, um, whether that's through continuous practice or even the fear factor of you know these coaches. This is a professional professional setup now, and those coaches have a, a certain way of of training these players, of you know getting them to focus better mentally. So hopefully, it wouldn't be too much of an issue for him at the pro level, but. Uh, he definitely has all the mechanics of a good player still there. And uh, I would like to see him, you know, he's at UCLA. I'd like to see him stay on the West Coast, maybe go to one of the two LA teams. I think that would be a good landing spot for him. Absolutely. The last guy that we're going to look at, lads, is Sean 
Tucker with Syracuse. And Dara, like obviously a guy that's had a lot of experience over the last few years. He's an explosive player, but you have to argue that, you know, he can be a weapon for a team, but he still has a lot to prove on many different plays. On passing downs, especially, there are still situations where we need to see him maybe grow a bit more. But like anybody, he's our fifth. Well, he's mad. Like I've, I'll, I'll openly admit in the podcast, I've put this list together. So if anybody does think he's better, then you know, pl- please let me know. But I, I, I've put him as my fifth. I think he'll probably go later on in the draft. But he's got the real potential of big plays. But you, you need to see a, maybe maybe a more of an improvement from more of an improvement from in his first to second year in the NFL to maybe get more than that. But definitely some potential there. Some issues with pass protection, which is you know for me a massive issue to be honest with you. If I'm sitting as a GM there, but he's real. He's really competitive. He's really tough. And if you have that running back that can be explosive at times, that's all you need. Yeah, yeah, completely hit the nail on the head. It's it's the receiving game is, is his biggest knock, both as a pass protector and getting out and, and making plays as a receiver. Uh, and, and that's something that will turn away GMs. You know, when you're picking late in the draft, you, you want a player who can get all the fundamentals down of the position. And you're going to need to be able to pass protect if you want to get significant time as a runner back in the NFL. Uh, I mean, when it gets to that stage in the draft, there's a big clumper on the back there as there is every year you're almost taking throwing darts at a dartboard you know some players might turn out to be Aaron Jones some might turn out to be like Trey Sermon for the 49ers you, just, you don't know what you're going to get you don't know uh, how these players are going to project to the next level Tucker is definitely an interesting case there's a multitude of other players but yeah I, I agree with your rank and I think he's sort of the best of the rest when you get to the those later rounds yeah and, and Colin you, you look at there are many positives for him and he does have quick feet and he's he's quite good in terms of a straight line speed but you know you do have situations where he can be too indecisive and when you get to that that next level in the NFL you have to be on it you cannot be indecisive and, and doubt yourself and that could be a real issue for teams picking him as well yeah I think that's kind of what separates him from the the top four running backs I mean if I'd say if someone listened back to this every single time we've been like this X running back is a decisive running back. He makes the right cut, whatever, whatever. But everything I've seen and everything I've read of Sean Tucker is that, you know, it's he's a little bit, when he does the right thing, he does it very, very well. But, you know, I've seen like lack of dynamicism, needs discipline, things like that. Like he just, now don't get me wrong, things like these, you know, are they coachable? You know, there are arguably some people would say they would, some people might say they're not. Personally, I would have a guy like um, Devon Achain, A-Chain, don't really know how to pronounce his name. He's from A&M and he's kind of similar, I think, to Sean, uh, to Sean Tucker. But I think, you know, he does, he's a little bit more dynamic. I mean, he was a, he was a sprinter uh, at Texas A&M University for the athletics team. So he might add just a little bit more, but I don't think there's anything wrong. You know, I think when we get to this lower down part of the the draft, you're kind of just throwing darts at a dartboard uh, for which running back you think you like the most. I've never played darts, lads. I have to be honest, and I'll definitely try it if we ever go to carry to do a live episode or Arma. Uh, we can go in between Michael and Doris House if he's one. Um, maybe on draft night, Michael. I, I'm going to ask you the same question again, like I asked you in the previous podcast, because we're coming to the end of these positions. Is there anybody else that Conan's mentioned someone there? Is there anybody else that sticks out to you and just your thoughts on Tucker as well? 
Uh, well, first of all, let's just go back to what you said there. I don't know if you'd be welcome in our mix, so we'll, we'll have to put the council out in that person and maybe that's, see that, how that that's goes. That's a lovely uh, comment to hear. I, I guess we'll see what happens <laughs> over the next few months. <laughs> no, uh, Sean Tucker, first of all, he sounds like a fella that would be found in the back end of Kevin somewhere, but I, I think you, you've summed it up quite well there. Um, he, he has sort of the pros and the cons and whether or not they, they outweigh you know, whether the cons outweigh the pros, it, the lads were saying there, it does become such a gamble this late, this late in the day, this late in the draft, when you don't really know what you're going to get. But like I, I mentioned it, I, I don't know whether it was earlier on another podcast, that you can, you can find gems in the later days. You, you can find gems when you're not expecting to. And uh, yeah, it just remains to be seen whether Tucker will be one of those. Love the Cavan reference. Big up the Cavan. We'll, we'll, we'll try and get all 32 <laughs> references at some point into it uh, just over the next few weeks and months on this podcast. Uh, lads, we've went through every running back that we thought of and knowing our luck, somebody else will be drafted higher than all these boys, maybe Bar Robinson to be fair, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, if you want to hear our next podcast, it's going to be on wide receivers and then we're going to look at tight ends. So do follow along uh, on this podcast RSS, but also on the PFI College Football Podcast RSS. That is where all the college stuff is going to be post the NFL draft so you have to go there to get it um, but for now you can follow us on all platforms at NFL Ireland but follow these lads all the information is in the bio and we'll chat to you soon it's long fun